Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On the Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. This is what I'm talking about, a little Johnny Mundo action. For the people listening to us, you're here live at On the Mat Radio. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com, check out all the latest information, as well as myluckyd.com. You know... Uh, real quick before we uh, talk about who's going to be on the show and what's going on with this coronavirus, I, I got to tell you, man, I- although I am a lucky gee advocate, I think that not just because I work for the company, I think they're the best geese made. But um, I-, I remember seeing that Pulsifier Fire gear vaguely. I can't remember um, uh, exactly. But, man, I, I got to get that gee. I got to get that gee, man. It's got the mascaras on it, and it's got a bunch of different really cool Gee, I like the. I actually like the black gee with the green piping. I mean, that one's tight. The Diaz Brothers gee. I remember when we had the first Jiu-Jitsu Expo, we had just came out with the Diaz Brothers gee, and I think Scotty brought like like four, four of them. I don't even know, like A twos or something like that, and they completely sold out. As soon as we and and everybody was asking and asking, we probably could have made forty two million dollars that day because everybody was looking for them. So make sure you check out mylickygee.com. Uh, speaking of Scotty Nelson the founder and proprietor of On The Mat, I actually spoke to him on the phone, not just going back and forth on text, because with this coronavirus, it's just, it's crazy because everybody's home, you know, so I've actually got to talk to him. We talked a lot, we talked a lot about being inside and talked about, uh, you know, trying to train and everything like that. And, you know, I put a bug in his ear that I like that um, Pussifier, <laughs> you know, so hopefully he'll he'll send me one. And once this is all over, we can do some rolling because I will be more than happy to get choked out or judo tossed or whatever in that pussifier lucky gee. So make sure you check out myluckygee.com. Um, huge show today. You know, I, I got to be honest, man. I have, for some reason, even though I was off last week, this last seven days or six days, I have been working nonstop, eight and a half hours a day, no lunch, no break, no nothing. I mean, just working straight through because of this coronavirus and actually work in the medical. So I wasn't going to do a show. I said, man, uh, but this is actually, I actually worked today four hours. I had to come in and finish up uh, some stuff. So I only worked four hours and I, it just felt so good to come home and be able to go down to the garage and work out and take care of business. Today, went and got some groceries, actually found toilet paper. Okay. Almost had an altercation at Dollar Tree because the lady, uh, even though I had my wife and daughter with me, she would only let me get four. So, but I was cool. I said, okay, we'll take the four because I tried to get eight. Say my daughter, you know, needed four. We'll take four, you know, but it was cool. So I was able to get a bunch of stuff like that. So it was pretty cool to be home. But then, you know, it's funny because while I was working and uh, to make a long story short, I was uh, inventorying a bunch of stuff, masks and, and gowns and all the stuff that we're trying to get, you know, allocated to different surgery centers and to different hospitals. And I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and I was listening to Uriah, um, Cody Garbrandt, 
on the Joe Rogan show. And uh, dude, it was like a like a three hour show. And I'm like, man, you know, uh, you're right. Because he's that dude's. You want to talk about busy? That guy's always busy. He's always got fighters. He's got his gym. And when we had Sarah McMahon on, I said, hey man, you know, I'd like to get uh, Uriah on because. You know, when you're an Olympic medalist and that's where you decide to go work on your wrestling, that's got to be something to it. And, you know, lo and behold, it's like, yeah, bro, come on, man. I, I got some stuff I want to talk about. And, you know, I haven't seen him in years, let alone talk to him or whatever. So I'm like, sweet. So I booked him. And then I got to talking to Giovanni Varela. And, and as you know, last time the, the server kept going down and I had to re- keep ruin, redoing the show and all that. And he has to say, well, why don't we finish up? Because we had so much to talk about. We'll, we'll continue on. He's like, yeah, no problem. So Uriah's going to be coming on in about five minutes. Talk to him a little bit. And then we're going to get Giovanni on about between. I'm going to try to get him at 730. It might take a little bit longer because I got a lot to talk to Uriah about. We'll get them on and we'll talk some stuff there. So great. You know, honestly, after working and going, I have nothing prepared. Usually I try to get online and try to get some news going and stuff. Of course, big news is they canceled UFC too. I didn't think that was going to go anyways. I mean, you know, with the coronavirus and everything stuff, to me, if you can afford it or whatever, I know you've got contractual obligations with certain sponsors and stuff like that, but if you can avoid it, you know, let the guys rest up. It's good, kind of good for them to get healed up and you know, I, I don't personally, I don't think that Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson fight is ever going to go. I mean, they must have rescheduled it, booked it and stuff 15 times, and it just just does not happen. So, you know, give the guys a chance to rest. And, and you know, nobody wants to see a show where there's no people there. WrestleMania was this weekend. It was whack, you know, because it was just it, – it that has a lot to do with it with the audience. So that's the big news. I think it's cool. I don't think they should – Giovanni and I talked a little bit about that. Over the phone, we'll get him on. We'll talk about that too. A lot of people not taking it serious, man. You know, you, even though that's your buddies and stuff like that, and you guys are kind of working out and stuff, you gotta gotta give it at least you know a couple weeks, man. Stay stay quarantined. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But let me go ahead and take a quick break. I want to try to get Uriah on as soon as possible. So I'm gonna take a quick break, and then we'll get Uriah on. We're back here live on the Matt Radio. Let's give you right. You know, I shot him a text. Hopefully, he's going to see it. And you know, a lot of times it throws him off because it comes up on the Bronx, Bronx, because uh, all the studios and everything are in the Bronx. A lot of times it throws him off. So hopefully, he's going to pick up and 
be able to talk to you, right? Because I've got a lot to talk to him about. Plus, he's got a lot of stuff going on. See what happens. If not, just going to keep moving on. He is the original gangster, the fighting pride of Sacramento, California, the California kid, Uriah Stabers. Hey, Uriah, it's Fabiano. Uh, we're live on On The Mat Radio. Just giving you a call, see if we can get you back on. Um, if you can, if you get this call, um, give us a call back. You can call us here at area code 516-453-6096. Or you know what? We'll give you a call back, all right? Okay, let's try him again. He just shot me a text that said to go ahead and call back. So let's try that again real quick. Here, put that right there. Dial up the episode. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, you're right. It's Fabiano. You're live on On The Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? I can. How's it going, brother? Uh, it's, it's good for the people listeners. You're here. You're at On The Mat Radio. Don't forget, you can go to onthemat.com. Check out all the latest information as well as myluckygee.com. So make sure you check that out. But on the line with us right now, somebody who I've been wanting to get on for quite some time. But, you know, we, we talk about, uh, I say this a lot, that James Brown is the, the most hardest working man uh, that ever was. Uriah Faber has to be the hardest working man ever in, in mixed martial arts history. So I got a lot to talk about. But before we do... Uh, First of all, how you? I mean, with this coronavirus, you gotta be dying, man. Because especially you, who's always got fighters fighting, and you got your gym and always taking care of people, you gotta be dying just to be staying at home right now, right? Oh, bro. I mean, it's been. I mean, there's a silver lining, of course, which is hanging out with my baby girl. But, uh, you know, like you said, bro, I'm I'm a hardworking mofo, and I've been (laughs) getting up early and getting a little chubby because it's allowing me to turn focus on on some things that were you know, being neglected and, and adjust on business. And we're actually about to launch our movie with Lionsgate, the first movie that I've produced, uh, feature film, uh, on, on the 14th, five days from now. So we're doing interviews for that. And it's been good, man. We've been, uh, been grinding, you know, always steady yeah. grind, even, even sitting at home. Is that a, a mixed martial arts film or action film? <clears throat> No, it's not actually. I'll send you guys the trailer, but uh, it's it's about a rob and a, a marijuana farm out here in Northern California. It's based on a a true story, and um, you know we we have a production team and 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 uh and put this thing together, and we ended up selling to Lionsgate, which is an awesome partnership, and they're about to launch it everywhere. So you guys will be able to rent it on on the on the fourteenth. Check it Sweet. out. Andre Touchy Feely is actually making his acting debut in it. Not, and honestly, it, it's kind of a good time for it to come out, but you know, because people are wanting to see stuff or whatever because they've been so cooped up in the house. So I think it might be, you know, a great time. Plus, when it's somebody like Uriah who puts a hundred percent into everything that he does, it, you know, it's going to be huge. But r- real quick, Uriah, there's a, a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about, but I just want to go back just a minute because I, I got to tell you, man. I mean, I haven't seen since uh, my esther and I were with the, with Tap Out when we were the Tap Out locals when WEC was in its prime. I mean, Uriah was just he was the main man, and it's funny because uh, back then that they used to hold the WEC at the um, Hard Rock, but there used to be like a Vegas uh, fight shop that was right up on top of the Mandalay. 
So Uriah was coming up. He, uh, we were hanging out with uh, Johnny Ayabuchi and them, and, and we see Uriah coming up the elevator. And Johnny goes, hey, man, there goes Uriah. So we went over and talked to him. And we're like, hey, bro, you know, we're tap out locals. And he's like, yeah, okay. Hey, man, well, it's good to meet you guys. And all. I got to go do some some uh some interviews and stuff over here, but let, let's get together, man. We'll go have sushi or something like that. And I'm like, we're thinking, okay, yeah, whatever. And lo and behold, I think it was, it might've been Tracy Lee, the photographer who came and knocked at our hotel, at our hotel door. And she said, Hey, Uriah said, did you still want to go have sushi? We're like, what? So we, we, we went and <laughs> that day. And, 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 you know, we were surprised cause you know, we did, we get a lot of doors slammed in our face back then. And Uriah was like, true to his word. We went, we had sushi. We ate that day. And I think, I think that was, um, either before or after you fought Jeff Kern when, when WEC was at its prime. So we knew who Uriah was, and he, it was really hot back then. And then we we had, like, a really good working relationship with Reed Harris. So he was always bringing us – well, when you're with the tap-out crew, you know, they, they, they bring you down. But the reason I bring all this up is because I just want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, back then, it seemed like you had to be a bad mother effort, you know, back in those days to be a fighter. It just seems like it's so much of a business now that you don't really get the fighters – that are like top of the food chain. Cause back then we saw you fight Jeff Curran and we saw the first time you fight, fought Dominic Cruz, you know, and people like that. Did, did, did you, did you get that a lot? Do people kind of tell you that or. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and that's funny, man. What a, what a, uh, what a good story from way back. That's a, that's a <laughs> way back in the day, man. I remember that. And uh, the the thing is, you know, it's changing. I mean, there's more to gain to your attracting all sorts of different folks. I still think the top fighters are top fighters. They have the same grit, you know, like a Dan Henderson, Randy Couture, Sakuraba, uh, Mark Coleman, all those, those, you know, Hoist Gracie have the same fighting spirit. And um, there's just more to gain. So you're, you're, you're enticing people that, that uh, are, are looking at the bigger picture. And, and so I, I still think that the, the, the fighters out there are, are are doing their part they're they're real they're real badasses as as you would think but uh you know it's just a different twist on things there's there's more of a uh of a push for for you know the entertainment side of things and and yeah. some of us have had that naturally you know been 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 kind of like the it factory guys and whatnot and now people are being more uh attentive about being that and creating that themselves so um, yeah, I think the fighting spirit is still there, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you still got to be a bad dude. And, and you know, like, I, I got to tell you, man, you know, it, it, I, I pay a lot in cable. I mean, I, I pay almost 200 and something because I got to watch all the fights and everything. And and sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes, like, I'll, I'll get a pay-per-view and I'm like, man, I, you know, I kind of wasted my time. But then, you know, when you had a fight like the last one with Joanna Janjurjic and and the girl from China, I mean, that was like the most knockdown. You could hear the neighbors across the street yelling. You know that that's how huge it was. So, to me, it seems like women's women's MMA kind of was really huge when Ronda, you know, was there, and then it kind of came back down, and now it's back on the rise. And the reason why I bring that up is because I've had Sarah McMahon on the show quite a few times. Great, great person. Any any woman who can take a six month old on eleven and a half hour plane ride to Japan and and be able to still be able to compete and come back has you know is, is one of the most powerful women in the world. But when we we're talking, she said, "Yeah, you know, I I, I want I went to um, Alpha Male to go train over there because I wanted to you know bring up my game and get some different looks." So somebody who's a silver medalist in wrestling to go there to go work at it. I mean, that's got to really say something about the people that you have training there as well as your training center. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, we, we've, uh, you know, we've got a proven product. We've got guys and girls that have been at the highest level throughout this whole process. And, um, with that comes, you know, the attraction of, of high level fighters and, and Sarah knows, I mean, she's trained at the Olympic training centers and she's, yeah. she's been around the sport. And so she knows a good thing and, and she's got a great attitude. So uh, we're happy to have her here and glad you guys got to talk to her. You know, you know, I, I think you guys saw that they just canceled the UFC, um, yeah. the, the UFC fight, unfortunately, but uh, she was prepared to go. She was ready to go on the 18th or the, the second or the ninth. And she, <laughs> yeah. she's just been revving, revving, ready to get, get, get in there and throw down. So um, she, she's a stud and, and, and our product's awesome. And we've got a lot of great fighters that, uh, you know, you haven't even heard of that are, that are going to be making their names in this thing. And, um, and so we're, we're just going to continue to do that. Yeah, not without a doubt. For sure. Real quick for the people listening to us, you're here. You're on the mat radio with your host, Fabi Chulam. We're talking to Uriah Faber. Got so much going on, you know, especially now kind of killing him to stay inside, you know, because he's got so much, you know, going on and everything like that. Now, what about yourself? It's funny because where I work at, we're getting all this inventory done and we're trying to get all these uh, personal protective gears out to different hospitals. But I had the Joe Rogan podcast on and I was listening when you and Cody were on his show and, you know, it, it was a while back, but you could tell, man, you know, you had just uh, uh, announced your retirement, but you could see, you know, you're still training, you're still working. And, and you, I guess that bug, it never leaves you. But now with the jujitsu, you know, like with, you know, Eddie Bravo invitation and all these different jujitsu um, competitions that they have going on now, does that still pique your interest to maybe, you know, even though you're retired, might want to still stay since you're still in the game and on the grind every day, maybe get involved in something like that. Yeah, I've done some grappling matches. I, I've, I've done maybe, you know, three or four uh, grappling matches just for fun. And I'm, I'm in the gym all the time, you know, get, mixing down with the guys. And I've, I've had two fights since I've came out of, uh, come out of retirement and I wouldn't be opposed to, to doing it again. But like I said, you know, I've got a lot of things on my plate right now, especially yeah. things shut down. It's allowed me to focus on some of that. I'm I'm working on an online university that that we've had built for a long time, and and kind of launching that. And then uh, the other the other thing is the 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 entertainment stuff. I've got the production company. We have our first feature film, uh, Green Rush, that's coming out in just five days. Uh, so, you know, I won't do anything unless I'm prepared. And yeah. For me, that means getting in amazing shape uh, and then seeing how I feel. But but I'm not opposed to taking fights, especially with the, the weight classes right now, and there's so much to gain, and who knows what's going to happen in this economy. Uh, I feel like cash is king, so it's it's now more than ever that, that this could be a valuable time to fight. But um, no guarantees and no no immediate plans. I'm, I'm just kind of waiting things out. Yeah, well, I think – especially you because you're always in the gym and you're always, you know, training and working out and getting guys ready for fights and stuff like that. So I think it's, you know, since you're in there, to, to me, I think, because I've seen I've seen you go up against a couple of guys. I think uh, one of your guys um, even had a, a fight with Jeff Glover. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, and Chad Mendes. Yeah, Chad Mendes. And, and I was like, wow, you know, these guys are, are for real. That's It's funny because the – that when you took us out to eat and stuff like that, we were talking a lot about that. And it was funny because you, this is, do you still live in that, that cul-de-sac that where you own like those four houses right there? I don't, I, I live uh, just <laughs> right down the block from my gym now. And, and that was uh, kind of how our, how our team was built. It was, 
I bought one house, filled it up with, yeah. with, with guys. And we bought another house and filled it up with guys. We had like four houses on a block. And, um, you know, it was, it was a super unique situation. It was, it was a fun situation, but, um, you know, the, the team's grown and, and, uh, times have changed. We're all, you know, kind of in the same boat of helping each other out, but it's, it's not the same setup now. Yeah, it's just it's just funny because I remember when, and and Danny Castillo was with us and we were talking and he said, "Hey man, we always have these big barbecues. You guys are welcome to come down anytime or whatever." And Danny turns uh, to me or my ass, I can't remember. And he goes, "He don't make no carne asada or nothing like that, man." He goes, "It's all like chickens." <laughs> And I was like, you're saying that because, and then Uriah's so nice. He's like, no, no, you know, if you want to bring the meat, we'll make it for you, bro. You know, no problem or whatever. I mean, that was, dude, that was probably, you know, God, we're probably talking 15, 16 years ago. But, you know, we were just, I don't want to say amazed because that sounds stupid, but we were just surprised at how Uriah was like, yeah, man, come on down, you know, no problem or whatever. It was just, I, maybe because everybody was in such, like, it was the struggle. And everybody was just trying to get MMA out there and trying to get it out, you know, to the top and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just it was cool a tight to keep knit, that in tight-knit group. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially back then. But anyways, Uriah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm running up against the clock. We could probably talk for hours because I uh, I talked to Maestro, too. He used to be my partner with the Tap Out Locals, and we were talking about that. He was, yeah, remember this and, and all that. But definitely, definitely for the people listeners, you gotta you got to uh, keep up with Uriah on the social media. He's got the big feature film coming out. Um, Want to keep your eye out on that. And of course, he's always, you know, in the loop and got fighters fighting and stuff like that. So hopefully once all this coronavirus is over and everybody can get back to normal, um, now that we've been with On The Mat for about seven years, I think he even came down one time and did a did a signing for one of the On The Mats in, in uh, Corona, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It, Definitely yeah, yeah. want to yeah. yeah. We definitely want to go down there and go go check it out uh, in Sacramento. Maybe do a live broadcast from from the Urias Training Center or whatever, so we can get a lot of, of people. It's it's kind of cool when we do a live broadcast because then there's no time limit. If we want to go an hour, we can go an hour. But unfortunately, on the regular show, we got to keep the time limit. So we definitely would look forward to that. All right, Uriah. Hey, man, we wish you the best of luck for sure. Definitely want to check out this feature film and, you know, hopefully keep in touch, man. Once you got something coming on, man, we can promote it on here and get those people out there to watch it. You got it, brother. I appreciate you guys checking in, man. It's good to talk to you again. And, uh, yeah, check it out. April 14th, Green Rush. Watch your boy Andre Feely. He's a uh, He's in the mix, so, um, you know, you guys should enjoy it, and, and I'll, I'll definitely hit you up when I got some new news. Yeah, perfect. April 14th, Greenwich. We'll make sure we plug this at the end of the show so everybody can check that out. Always great to talk to you, Ryan, man. I hope to talk to you again real soon. And, of course, man, always the best of luck, man. We're, from from us here who can, who can really – tell you not just because he's on the show one of the nicest people we've we've had a lot of doors slammed in our face but uriah was definitely one of the nicest people that we've ever met and really cool and you know first of all he looking at my estimate myself he should have known how much sushi we can eat so for him to even just put the bill for that is huge so we appreciate it (laughs) all right uriah we'll talk soon my friend a million thank yous for coming uriah favor everybody all right we'll check you out in about a couple of minutes there my friend uriah favor everybody
All right, everybody, we're back here live and on the mat radio. Don't forget, you can check out on the mat.com. Just got finished talking to Uriah Faber. You know, I, I, honestly, man, got so much to talk about with that guy, but I know, you know, we have to keep it structured here or else I'll bleed over into somebody else's time and all that. And we definitely don't want to do that. But, I, I, you know, I want to talk to him about the days with Reed Harris because he was running WEC at the time. And, you know, it, just, it was just amazing back then, man. Such, such a great, great uh, time back then. But we appreciate Uriah coming on, especially to get somebody like him, you know, to come on and talk about the good old days and stuff like that because we did have a good time. But just for the people listening to us, I talked to Maestro. Well, actually, I didn't talk to him, but I texted him. I'm going to try to get him on at 8 o'clock so we can talk about that because that's back then when we were the Tap Out Locals and everything. And we, we used to – I think every WEC, until they moved over to the UFC, we were there. So we definitely want to check that out. Um, real quick, I'm going to take a quick break because i got to get Giovanni's number. Like my, I'm so dumb I forgot to write it down. So I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I have the tiger actions because I'm trying to, you know, like I said before, I don't have a producer, so I got to do everything and I'm trying to get the board going. And then uh, Uriah sending me, his, you know, the, the trailers and stuff, uh, which looks pretty cool, man, for his new movie. So I'm trying to check that out and trying to click the buttons. But for the people listening, you're back here on the Matt Radio. going to be talking to Giovanni Varela in just a minute, talking a little bit about training and stuff like that and, and training uh, at home and training with people and stuff like that. So let me get him on the line real quick and then we'll go from there. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Two, one, three, I, eight, I, wait, whoa, whoa. Sorry about that. <laughs> don't, don't want to put Giovanni's uh, number out there over everything. Um, well, I'm going to call him back in just a minute um, so we could talk. One of his friends wants to come on, too, so let me just try him again one more time. Sorry about that. that again, you know, no producer, so I got to pull up everything myself. Give him another call. Make sure I got the right phone number. Okay. Hopefully it picks up this time. Hello. Hey, Giovanni, it's Fabiano. You're live on the air. Can you hear me, my friend? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Uh, I'm good. It's good to it's good to hear you. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at on the Mat Radio with your host Fabi Chulo. And on the line with us right now. I, it, in the opening, uh, Giovanni, I was telling everybody, I said, you know, because I've been uh it's funny because I was off the first week, and then the, the, just this last week, I, I worked like six days straight. 
and it was eight and a half hours, no break, no lunch, because we're trying to get this stuff. You know, once you get this, this personal protection is so valuable that they want it inventoried and they want to get it out to where they specifically need it, you know, that fast. So, I mean, the days went by like it was nothing. So I had to work a half day today so we could finish up, and then I got home. So I usually I have stuff written down, and I got all this, but, you know, I just barely barely made it. So I was telling everybody in the opening, you know, I, I was we had Giovanni on, but we had so much to talk about that I didn't, you know, didn't get a chance to get everything in. So um, real quick, I want to talk a little bit like we were talking off the air about training and stuff like that, but did you want me to call Steve real quick while, while, um, while we're on the air? No, he didn't want to come on the air. He's, okay, he's no, shy. No problem. You know, it's funny because a lot of people say that, but it's just like we're talking, you know, on the phone when we're off the air. But, you know, I got to tell you, you know, there's, there's so much of, of this online training and everything that we were talking a little bit about that. And, and I was a little worried, but um, real quick, give us give us your thoughts on that, because I know I know right now, especially it's a hot subject. I think the best thing you can do guys is stay home. If you need to work out, work out on your own, you know. Uh, right. I mean, I, I, I've seen I've seen so many people, you know, in social media posting pictures, working out with friends, working out in groups, you know. And, you know, personally, I think that's a cool, you know, because uh, let's suppose you work in this place, on the right, your friend works on this place, on the left, and you guys come together, train. Even though he's your best friend, even though he can be your brother, you know, you both come from a different job environment to train together, you know, and you never know if the other guy's infected or, or he might not be, you never know. But you're going back home, even though you're feeling yourself, you show yourself, you're going back home to your loved ones, to your family. Yeah. So why risk it, you know? I mean, I think it's all fun and, and you know, and jokes, you know, until someone that you know, that you love, gets infected with coronavirus. I mean, that, that is something serious, you know, and uh, I called uh, a few friends and students, you know, from other countries, I saw their picture, come on, man, you know, you got to be serious, you know. Yeah. This is this is a, a life or death uh, situation, you know, so, you know, just stay home, relax, work on your own, you know. There's no need to expose yourself and the people that you love just because you need to roll, you know, you just can wait a little bit. You can work out on your own, you can play yeah. with your dummy, you know, you, there's no need to go and, you know, I see some high-profile athletes, high-ranked athletes working working out, training, usually in a group of six, and guys at the, at the same time, you know, everybody comes from different homes, and, you know, it, it's not correct, you know. I, I don't think that's cool, you know. You, you're risking people's lives that way, you know. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm one of the professors that – one of the first professors that closed uh, the academy, you know, I closed my academy around, I think it was like March 7th, you know, I said, let me wait, you know, and uh, I put everybody on hold, you know. Yeah, well, you, well, como se llama este, Eric Silva, he, he, uh, was it Eric Silva who, who, I, I don't know, did yeah, maybe Eric Silva from Brazil. And the whole family got it, you know? Yeah, he, he his mother-in-law, his his two years old baby, his father, I think, is like 12 or, or 6, I don't remember how old he is, but Sheridan has a news, you know. His wife yeah. was the first one to get infected, you know. So, I mean, the whole family, the whole family, can you believe it? And, you know, I don't know how he got infected or where, but, you know, the news are there in Sheridan. People can see Sheridan at home, you know. But, I mean, you know, it's bad, you know, because you're exposing the people that you love the most. 
you know? Yeah, and, I don't and, think he's a school, you know. You know, it, it, real quick for the people listeners, you hear it on the Matt Radio, and we're talking to Giovanni Varela. Talk a little bit about, you know, training. I I, I kind of get it because, you know, I, I, I've I been working the last, you know, few days, and it was nice to be because I have my gym in my garage, and it was nice to go work out, lift some weights, and just, you know, relax. So I, I kind of get how you get that, but you, you can't. I've seen it firsthand how what I'm afraid of, is that, you know, I don't want all these people to get it and we're not going to have enough uh, materials for them. Like, you know, to be short on nurses or whatever because they don't have the proper gear or whatever. And then you're really going to be in trouble because there's nobody to take care of you or whatever. So so that worries me. So, And they kept saying this, this last two weeks, this week and next week, stay in as much as possible. I was coming home from work. The streets are packed. People are walking like they're not paying attention, you know, and they're still walking the streets, and there's still people going out to the stores and stuff like yeah, that. No, so, Harry, you know, it, it's all jokes and fun until until you get it or somebody that you love gets it, you know. So, yeah. you know, just be safe. What is so hard about staying home, you know, for a few more days, you know, and uh, I think that's very important. I even I even have people uh, private messaging me, you know, uh, trying to make reservations for private lessons. And I'm like, how can these people be asking for private lessons at this time, you know? It's not about the money, it's about safety, you know? I don't yeah, know where yeah. these people are coming from, what kind of work they do in, uh, during daytime, you know? And I know they love jiu-jitsu, but what do they do during daytime? You know, I'm going to go expose myself yeah. for a private lesson and then take it back to my home. It's not worth it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely not worth it. And then they even announced today, I don't know what Dana was thinking. He wanted to go have the, the show on a private island, and he was going to have everybody tested before they come in. And then finally, I, I think it was the sponsors that said, hey, you know, it's not worth it. Let's let's just, you know, we'll wait it out. And, and you know, when, when this is all over, then we'll go ahead and do something. But to me, I think that was a smart move. I, it, just because you're on a deserted island or whatever doing a show, it doesn't matter because it takes up to – sometimes a week for you to get the symptoms when you've been exposed or whatever. So I'm kind of glad that I... They take even two weeks for you to get to get the symptoms, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's not it's not worth it. But uh, real quick, for the people that are listening to us, um, ¿Usted tiene los palabras para toda la gente mexicana que habla español? Sí, claro. Yo quiero, quiero enviar un mensaje para toda la gente que está en Latinoamérica. ¿entiendes? No vale la pena entrenar en grupos, muchachos. Tranquilos, hay que esperar un poco. No vale la pena que expongan la vida de ustedes y la vida de sus seres queridos. Ustedes no saben sus compañeros de entrenamiento de dónde vienen, vienen infectados o no. Todo es chiste, todo es broma, hasta que tú te infectes o tus seres queridos se infectan. Así que tranquilo, hay que esperar. Piensen tal vez para mayo en adelante, o sea... La vida es más importante que ir a un entrenamiento. That, that's what like I have to tell, tell the, the guys in Latin America. You know, I tell them, you know, life is more important than training. You know, relax. Wait until the end of April. You know, let, let's wait for the doctors to to release uh, some good news for all of us, you know. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the luchadores uh, from here, you know, that, that, that wrestle out here, uh, you know, once they shut, up, shut down all the shows, they tried to go to Mexico to go work for the crash and some of the... the the promotions out there, and they shut the whole border down. They said, no, you know, we're going to try to, you know. Yeah, it, you I don't know, know. Because, you know, they don't understand that it's not worth it, Fabi. It's not worth it, you know. And uh, I tell you, if you see Facebook and you follow the high-profile athletes, I mean the highest-ranked athletes in Jiu-Jitsu, they are training in groups. And I'm like, how can they do that? They, they're supposed to be role models. I mean, if you see a higher-ranked black belt doing it, why why the blue belt wouldn't do it? 
You know, they think it's yeah. good to do it because the high-ranked athletes are doing it. You know, it's not correct. They're supposed to be models for, for the rest of the community, you know. You know, exactly. personally, I cancel all my seminars after June. I told everybody who hired me for seminars, I said, let's move it after July. You know, yeah. we'll be talking July the 1st for more seminars. Anybody else, I cancel everything. You know, I don't want to risk my family. It's not worth it, you know. Yeah, I you know I I agree 100%. I see uh, some of this online stuff uh, or whatever, and yeah, to me it's it's not worth it. I've been watching guys that like uh, I had Gerson Shilipake from used to be from Shoot the Box. He's doing online stuff for his students, you know, so they can just kind of keep uh, keep their time in and stuff like that, and telling them to work out on their on their own with you know just by themselves, just doing some some light calisthenics and stuff like that. So that uh, so let let's say somebody from your academy. They're like, hey, man, uh, you know, because a lot of people have been in the house for maybe two weeks straight, and they're dying. So what would you recommend, you know, to them but just, just to do at home, just to keep just to keep their timing and to keep in shape? You know, I tell them to work under condition. You know, I have a, I have a private website in which I upload all my, all my techniques, and all my students, they have username and password to log in. They see the techniques. Yeah. They see the private stuff that we have there, you know, to work on their own, you know, to do solo training. You know, for people who do judo, they will understand when I said they can do what she called me, you know, but working on their own. If they do jiu-jitsu, you know, do repetitions on your own, you know, that solo. You know, you don't need a, a partner to do so many techniques. Plus, you can work on your condition, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, bosses, yeah. you know, a lot of things that you can do on your own to be in shape, not necessarily yeah. rolling with someone that you can expose or you get exposed. You know, so in a, inside the private website that I have for my students, we also do Zoom classes. Like everybody now is using Zoom, you know, to do yeah. classes online. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do, so there's no excuse why you have to go and go in groups of four, six, yeah. ten, or twelve guys rolling at the same time. You know. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be nice when all this is over. You just you come to a class, you show up in shape because you've been doing so much cardio, you won't burn out or whatever. So, well, let me tell you, that's very right? true. Yeah, well, let me tell you, well, I, I, myself, I've even had to, you should have seen how I had to clean the treadmill because I've been hanging clothes on it for so long to actually finally use it. I had to clean it with some Fabuloso because, uh, it, you know, I hadn't used it in so long. It's the most I've ever used my treadmill in the years that I've had it. So uh, for the people listeners, that's what we're talking about. Just, you know, stay at home, let this thing pass, and, and it'll just make it be better when all this is done. When you go to train or whatever, you'll be that much more in shape and ready to go. Now, Real quick, Giovanni, before I let you go, um, how, how's the family? I, you know, I haven't got to talk to Marvin and all that in such a long time. Uh, how are they doing with all this coronavirus and everything? You know, uh, everybody's kind of uh, chilling, you know. Like I said, I tell all my students just to work on your, uh, in their condition. You know, Marvin, uh, he's getting ready. He's supposed to fight the, the Sambo Pan American uh, Championship yeah. in Colombia. It's supposed to be in June, but now they postpone it also. So we're waiting for the, for the new date. Yeah. spending across today, yeah. but you know, like you said, you know, you you're not able to roll, you know, either you or you eat or somebody just work on your conditioning, you know, it's gonna help you be in great shape, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, let me tell you something real quick for the people that are listening to us. Um, you know that like I've said before, the show went down, the radio show went down for, for a little while and it was the the jiu-jitsu, judo, MMA community that, that came together, you know, and and said, hey, man, we, we this is what we do it for, to have a, a vehicle, you know, to talk about it so that people who, who don't understand, hey, this is why, you know, we do this and why we tell you. So the, the Anaconda Academy, huge part of, of that. So 
I know I say this, you know, it's just me. I don't have no Cody Rhodes anymore or whatever, so I'm producing, I'm booking, I'm running the board and all that stuff. So when all this is over, I'm going to go down to Anaconda Academy and do a live broadcast over there. Then we don't have no time limits. You know, we can get some stuff on film. We can put it up on onthemat.com. And please tell Marvin and, of course, yourself, it would be it, it would be a pleasure to come down and get choked out by, by one of you guys so that we can put it on film and, and send it over to on. If you see, you know, if you go to onthemat.com, that's the picture I have up there from when we were at the uh, Anaconda Academy because it, it was so nice. We had such a good time, you know, over there and all that. So for the people listeners, I highly recommend once this is all over, we'll do a big show over there. We can all get back to training. But for now, we're just going to just gonna keep it on the download. Can you know? You know, I would be glad to have you there, man. Yeah, every time you come, it's like family coming home, you know. And uh, I already told my students, you know, uh, once we get back, you know, uh, I know everybody's craving to train, you know, but we'll have a, a welcoming party for everybody, you know, with barbecue yeah. and celebrate, you know, and then get back to serious training because we have so many competitions in in, in different countries, you know, different times. So, you know, right before we get really serious, uh, the very first week we're just going to, enjoy it and, and do a welcome and party happy to see each other you know yeah for sure absolutely well hey giovanni uh, a million thank you 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 be you be in uh in the nakona Caribbean celebration so you know how big we do it you know? oh yeah absolutely <laughs> hey uh, easily the, and when cody rhodes will say hey man i really had a good time over there or whatever that that meant a lot because that guy never says nothing so we, we really did uh have a good time and it's a nice family atmosphere because like i said a lot of people sometimes they get intimidated or whatever but you go over there uh, guarantee they make you feel like family over there and it's a nice place to train not just because Giovanni's such a good friend of the show but it's, it's just the truth but anyways Giovanni a million thank yous for coming on man I look forward to seeing you guys over at the Anaconda Academy for sure we're just looking for that day and we'll keep in touch alright my friend anytime you know you're always welcome there and thank you for the opportunity to uh, to address the, the, the martial arts community you know and guys you know you hear this a thousand times, but please be safe, stay home, and be smart. And hope, hopefully, we'll be back in training very soon. Thank you, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Giovanni. We'll talk to you soon. Giovanni Varela, everybody. Make sure you check out and the Conda Academy. All right, we're back live on On The Mat Radio, calling a special guest right now because we got we got so much uh, to talk about. Hopefully this guy picks up and we can do some damage. Hello? 
Maestro, it's Fabiano. You're live on On The Mat Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Glad to see you, my friend. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you perfectly, my friend. Real quick, let me let me send uh, let me send this. <laughs> Hold on a second. You know, I'm gonna. I got so much to talk to you about. Hold on one second. Let me send this text. Wait a minute, please. Remember when you used to when you used to produce this show and you used to go through the same thing? Oh, all the time, my friend. All the time. <laughs> Real quick for the people. Nothing new. Here. Nothing new has yeah. changed. Absolutely, you're here on, on the Mat Radio. Don't forget, you can always go to onthemat.com, check out all the latest information on the line with us right now. El maestro, el luchador más famoso de todo el mundo. How are you, my friend? You know, my friend, I am doing very well. The coronavirus is getting very, very tough, you know, to do anything. Uh, luckily, I was able to come back from Mexico uh, just in time before they shut down the borders. You know? Yeah, well, well, it was it was funny because um, well, first of all, Uriah Faber was was on the show earlier, and we were talking mm-hmm. about the old days and stuff. So I want to talk about that. And then I had Giovanni Barrella on from from the Anaconda Academy. We're talking about that because he's always going back and forth to Honduras and you know the judo tournaments and stuff like that. So we were talking about how how all that slowed down. So blah, over blah. here, you know, when when all this went down, because Maestro. You know he's he's still been training. He does a he does a lucha show every once in a while. We did a lucha show not not too long ago, but all the luchadores, you know, we you and I've always had a job, so we never worried about mm-hmm. money or whatever. But like, these guys that don't have a full time job, I mean, for, for lack of a better term, we're, we're cheating the pants. So they they all tried to go to Mexico. They tried to go to the crash and and stuff like that to uh-huh. work, but they shut they shut down the borders. And said, "Hey, lucha animadre, wait, we're, you know, we're, we're shutting down the borders. So there's a lot of guys here that are just dying, and and you know, not being able to get any work, you know, since everything closed down. So what about yourself? I know, you know, you got a lot going on and stuff like that. You were you were training for a while, going back and forth with, ¿Cómo se llama este, Mr. Tempest or whatever, training with him and all that. Sí. Tell us what's been going on since then. You know, my friend, ever since the last show we did together, you know, I've been going back and forth to Mexicali and training with Mr. Tempest and everything, you know." Uh, but uh, honestly, my friend has just been trying to keep busy. You know, you're still trying to get back in the ring. My knees are not the same. I know, like, yeah. you know, you've had a couple of surgeries on your hips. I've had a couple of surgeries oh, yeah. on my knees. You know, and then uh, I am still risking it, my friend. I'm not going to lie to you. My doctor yeah. is still keeping a good close eye on me because of my, uh, uh, the little pinch nerve that I have on my neck. But uh, uh-huh. it's one thing, my friend. For the athletes out there, you can never lose the love of, of something that you started very, very young. You know, I, yeah. I started uh, I started wrestling at a young age, at 13 years old, being a collegiate wrestler. And then I, you know, uh, made my way into professional wrestling at the age of 16. Uh, yeah. That's when I met you, you know, guys like Frankie D, Johnny Legend, a lot of the guys, Cook Brown, you know, guys that, that came up in the ranch in Southern California. Uh, but I, I've been trying to keep myself busy. You know, like you said, we do have a regular nine to five. Uh, yeah. I do have a regular job, you know, and um, I, I, I still try to stay busy in the professional wrestling circuit, my friend, you know, but it's right now it's very difficult. I, I know I just got word that uh, the Lucha Libre out there in Baja California and all over Mexico uh-huh. is they have put a composh to it. They have put a hiatus to it yeah. and no no promotion is doing anything right now, so a lot of the people out there, my friend, are are, are struggling. You know, a, a lot of yeah. luchadores were doing their shows. They were getting 
they were living by 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 the show, by how they wrestle. A lot of yeah. people would wrestle two, three times a day, you know, just to make them cover the ends of meat, you know. Yeah, so, and not not only not only that, but the training. You know, they they have training centers where they train the luchas and all that, and all all, all that is, is shut down too. So everybody, you know, the only thing that's that's been good out of this uh, coronavirus or whatever is everybody's home. So people like Uriah, who I've been trying to get on the show forever since he told me, he's like, yeah, man, I'll come on because, you know, they're, they're home. So it kind of benefited us, but it was so funny because we were talking and we were talking about those days. And, and, and I don't know if you remember, but you remember when we were, because back in the day, WEC uh, used to be held at the Hard Rock. And we, mm-hmm. we were staying at the, we go all the time for, for WEC because, uh, when the tactile crew was there, they do radio shows or whatever. So they say, Hey man, we need a maestro, you know, to translate for us. If we have Spanish commentary or whatever. So we'd always be there. And, and, uh, we saw Uriah. Remember we, it was funny because it is, it, I was talking to somebody about the tap out days, but I, you know, now mm-hmm. uh, since I've been with on the mat or whatever to get people on the show, depending on who it is, I have to call them and then we got to make sure back in the tap out days when we had tap out radio, we never had that problem. You know, I mean, people were calling us to come on the show. You know, my friend, back then, a lot of fighters were hungry. A lot of yeah. fighters were hungry. We were getting a lot of fighters when they were coming on the way up, uh, doing the King of the Cage, doing the Gladiator Challenge, you know, and that's when the Pride, the K1, you know, a lot of big upcoming uh, organizations were still out there. You know, unfortunately, a lot of those organizations have been defunct. You know, the UFC is still the top one. You know, WEC was was really good. I really liked to go to WEC because they had some of the best best lightweights. And you know, but back then, my friend, it was so it was so easy to get people to come onto the show to interview. You know, we even yeah, had Rich Harris. Rich Harris, the owner. Yes. Huh? We, you know, we never had a problem. Never. I mean, we never. St- well, that day in particular, what we were talking about, we we uh, we were at the Ma- staying at the Mandalay, and they had a. I think it's not there anymore, but it was a fight shop that was right up. You know, you take that escalator, and there was a fight shop upstairs, and we did. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, we uh, we had uh, uh, Kendall Grove. We had uh, Robbie Lawler. We had a, a ton mm-hmm. of people on that show. And then as we were leaving, uh, you and your good friend Johnny Ayabuchi were walking, and Uriah was coming <laughs> up. The, was coming up the elevator. You remember? And we were like, "Hey, Uriah, hey, get this or or whatever." So that day in particular, we had a ton of people. We had so many people on that we didn't even get Uriah on that day because we were we were doing so much. So so we go downstairs. And they were having a, you remember they were having a, uh, a tap out was having a party. Charles wasn't there. Sí. And I think it was just punk ass was the only one there. So we went down and we saw him. You remember? He's, hey, what's up, man? Hey, I don't know you guys were here. We said, yeah, we're doing a live broadcast upstairs or whatever. And then Holas Gracie comes, hey, locos, que pasó? And, and taking pictures. And then the guy that did the mouthpiece, I don't remember his name. He said, hey. So we were taking, and, and punk ass was like, shit, I don't know you guys knew this many people. You remember? see my friend you know it, it was a lot of people didn't understand the 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 amount of of fighters that we knew, and yeah. honestly, my friend, I didn't even know you know <laughs> I didn't even know we knew so many fighters I didn't know that so many fighters knew who we were, you know, yeah. but it wasn't until that day when we showed up to you know the 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 i think it was the fight museum down at the bottom by the Luxor uh yeah. they were having a huge event they were having a huge event. 
And we were just walking by. We were just like, hey, you know what? Let's go downstairs. Let's walk on by. Let's see what happens. Y todo. And we just happened to walk on by. And then they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we just, you know, we're just walking on by. Come on in, cabrones. And, what? and we got the whole red carpet treatment and everything. Yeah. We're like, and, and then guys, people were coming up. Hey, can I take a picture or whatever? And me and you were like, you know who we are? Yeah, you know, it that was, was, it, like, that was it, like the 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 peak, and it was funny because podcast goes, "Hey man, he goes, we're gonna have something else tomorrow. Uh, uh, take my credit card. You guys can stay another day or whatever." But for some, <laughs> we had to oh, we had to go home because we had to do uh, jujitsu in the cage the next day. So claro. we, we could or whatever. But I mean, we were so busy or whatever when, when that was going on. But it was funny because we I was talking to Uriah about that. He's yeah, I remember that day. He goes, and I remember we did a. Even when you guys were with Sinister, uh, we did a uh, on the mat in Corona. He goes and I saw you guys, and I thought, man, these guys are freaking everywhere. Well, like he just happened to catch us or whatever when we were. But it, it's funny too because uh, 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 there's been a lot of stuff online. I know you know uh, Jr. from Surefit Mouthguards and all that. You know we all t- wow. always talk a lot about about uh, tap out and stuff like that. And they just recently had a small celebration for Charles on the, the, the anniversary of his death. And I remember, you know, it's funny because I always remember a lot of things that he used to say. He used to say, don't don't ever get mad at somebody if they if they shut the door on you. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, like, if you try to get somebody on and they, and they can't, you know, they say, oh, no, I can't. He goes, don't don't take that person. He goes, people have lives mm-hmm. and people have stuff to do. And I guarantee you, they'll, they'll come around full circle. And son of a bitch, no, if, he wasn't, no. if it wasn't the truth, you know, he, he used to, you know, drop so much knowledge and stuff like that. That I remember for sure. I remember he he, he would say stuff like that and, you know, it, it, it held true. Now, to me, and it was funny because I was talking to Uriah about this, back then, well, you know, um, it used to seem more like you had to be a bad mf to be in the UFC. Like it was just the top of the food chain and these were guys that were killers. But now it seems like it's more like a business. Like it's just you know TV, mm-hmm. and we gotta have X amount of fights so that we could we could kind of fill the TV spots. You get that? Kind of get that? Yeah, claro que sí, my friend. You know, it's it's. I remember all the uh, everything. You know, uh, I don't know how many times we have tried to get our foot in the door to so many things. Yeah. And um, it was just very difficult, very difficult. It didn't matter who we knew. Yeah. It no matter who we knew, it didn't matter the fact that we knew. It Charles, no matter the fact that we knew it's what is, you know, it, 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 the thing was is it was so hard to get into so many places, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, my friend, is is it was a full 360. Yeah. It was a complete 360. People actually started calling us. Hey, I need to go on your show because I need to. Yeah. I need to talk about this. Hey, I need to go on your show because I need to talk about that. You know, we were the first ones to have Frankie Edgar before he yeah. went out and fought for the big title. We were the first ones to have Ronda Rousey on before she became a sensation. You know, yeah. we, we, we would talk to so many up-and-coming fighters that it would never give him a chance and the opportunity. Now, yeah. they don't want to know nothing about nobody with us. No, really. Ronda doesn't even answer <laughs> the phone. Anyway, hey, but... You, you, and, and this, this to me, and, and tell me if you would agree with this. This is to me what's the difference because this why this is why Charles left such a legacy. Back then, that mm-hmm. that even that particular day when we were at the Mandalay Bay and we did the live broadcast at the fight shop and we stayed for the party that day, uh, mm-hmm. Charles sent us a big duffel bag full of uh, gear. 
And I mean everything. We yeah. had tap out socks. We had tap out local shirts. We had hats. We had beanies. We had, I mean, he would send us with it. And he goes, you know, anytime you guys go out, I want you in tap out. Make sure, the, and yeah. I will send it to you or whatever. And mm. I mean, not just two or three shirts. I mean, everything. Just, it's funny because on my old laptop, you and I were doing a, a, a live broadcast from some club. And we both, we had, every, even down to the shoes, we had tap out gear. Oh, you know, the tap out okay. local stuff or whatever. So he, you know, that he was smart. He said, I don't care where you're at. I want you guys to tap out. And he would send us with all the gear. And, and it was funny too, mm-hmm. because when we did the, the, every, when tap out used to have the where, big warehouse sales, um, uh, mm-hmm. for, this is the most I've ever seen a lineup for anybody. Uh, Elvis, and wait, when Kimbo Slice <laughs> came to do a signing, that line went all the way down and up the up the driveway to almost the freeway for for people like that. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, my friend, I remember that you took yeah. a walk. You went to, to when you went maybe two three blocks to go buy some chewing tobacco, and yeah, on the way back, on the way back, my friend, you were walking by and they're telling you, "Hey, the line's back there," and you're like. No, I, I work here. And they're like, no, como que you work here, cabron? That light's in the back. <laughs> but they we, almost we, don't let you in. They almost don't let yeah. you in, man. But we had so we had so much gear that I, so one of the workers that was working with us said, damn, where did you get that shirt from or whatever? And they go, I go, well, didn't you send it to us? They said, no, we ain't never even seen that shirt. They were sending the stuff yes, that claro. was or whatever. But the funniest thing about that night, uh, that day, Kimbo Slice had a line that I have never seen before. I mean, people were waiting two and a half hours just to get a picture Mm -hmm. or whatever. So he said, I'm only going to do an hour and a half, I think, he said, or whatever. So Uh when that hour and a half was done, he didn't care what that line looked like. He got up and walked up, and nobody said a word to that. (laughs) Nobody said, hey, man, can you stay? He just got up, got in the car, and nobody told him nothing. He just left. So that day for particularly that stands out in my mind because I have never seen such a line like that. But that that's one of one of the, you know, I, I don't, it, it, I, how can I put this lightly? We had so many good times. Everything went well. And I'm not knocking anybody, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure you're mm-hmm. not knocking anybody too. But once Charles passed away, I mean, everything changed. I mean, nothing, nothing yeah. for nothing, but he was, he was the integral part of tap out just for the little stuff like that. He would, you know, he was crazy or whatever, but he would pull us to the side and go, Hey man, I'm, I'm sending a double bag. I want you guys to tap out gear, make sure whatever. And then he would say, Hey man, don't, if they don't want to come on the show, don't take it personal. You know, that's just, it's just business. People have lives. Don't worry about yeah. it or whatever. And it was just, it was just amazing how he knew stuff like that, you know? So then once, once he passed or whatever, it just kind of, it just wasn't the same because it just wasn't, um, that type of knowledge, it kind of turned more to a business, you know, which ended up making it, you know, and ended the business or whatever. But to me, I think that's where, where it ended. Would you agree? You know, my friend, I agree. I agree 100% with you. You know, when, when Charles passed away, uh, he left something behind that, or oh, let me, let me rephrase that. He took something with him that could never be uh, uh, duplicated. Okay, yeah. uh, the, the, the guy was very business savvy, but yeah. he also knew how to uh, talk to people, okay? He, he made you feel, you know, he made you feel like you, you knew him for a long time. 
Yeah. You know, um, one thing I remember is, is I was at the Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, <clears throat> you were, I think you were upstairs at the, at the room doing something. But he introduced me to the CEO of the Hard Rock Cafe, you know. Yeah. And one thing that Charles always told me is it doesn't matter how many people you know, it's who you align yourself with that makes a big difference. Now, yeah. not only that, my friend, but one thing that, that really that I really took 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 notice about it, Charles is that there can be three hundred people around you. Yeah. And you wanted to talk to the man, he took time off of his busy schedule and talked to you one on one. He made it look like there was nobody else in the room. You were the only one that he will talk to you one on one. Now, going back to the Kimbo Slice thing, there was a lot of people. I'm not gonna deny that, my friend. Two, three hours ni madre. But one thing, there's a difference between Kimbo and Charles, my friend. You remember when we went to the MMA Expo, you know, and the Tapa crew had just made the Tapa series on Versus, and they were the hot tickets at the time. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember that they had a line all the way out the door for autography, and, yeah. and Bonkas and, and, and the Skyscrape were getting to the point where they didn't want to do that anymore. Yep. And what did Charles tell? What did Charles tell him? You know what, dude? You you knocked that out. He said it in different words. That I'm not gonna say oh, on the yeah. radio. Yeah. You know, but he he said, you know, you guys, hey, cut that, you know what, out and come on, yep. man. There's a lot of people who paid a lot of harder money, and we have a lot of fans that we need. So I mean, they did not leave it until the last yeah. person got the autograph. It they got the picture taken. Then there is a difference between. A, 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 the mark of a true athlete and the mark of someone who just wanted to be in the spotlight for 15 minutes. Yeah, and you know? you know, I think if I remember correctly, we were in the RV, and I remember him saying, "Hey, you know what? First impressions are everything." He goes, "That that's what they're going to remember you by, and if you leave mm-hmm. a bad first impression, they're, they're never that that's what's going to stay in their head." He goes, "So put a smile on your face, you know, and get out there and you be nice to people." Or what, and I was like, mm-hmm. you and I are sitting there with our mouths open, God dang. And then he looked at us and he go, and locals, just go do what you do. <laughs> can you hang on for one break, uh, Maestro? Because I, I want to talk about Mike claro. Gaiman. Can you hang on? Okay. Yeah, okay, claro. for the people. For the people listening, you're here, you're on the Matt Radio. We're talking to Maestro, talking about some tap out days and stuff like that. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Maestro. What's up, everybody? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, and you're listening to On The Mat Radio with Fabi Chulo. It's, it's funny because I, I got nobody. I got nobody now. You know, since Maestro and, and I, uh, since he's been gone, since, you know, and it's like Charles said, hey, man, people, people have lives, man. People got to gotta move on or, or whatever. I, I've been through three producers. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. Casey was cool. You know, he he was uh, just a, the smartest dude I ever met. I mean, you know, he was an engineer. This man had a degree in engineering, and he was copying charts at, at, at surgery <laughs> center. 
because he couldn't get work. So he was cool. And then I had Cody Rhodes with me for a while, and he was just starting to get into it and starting to learn, you know, about MMA. And then he moved to Arizona or whatever. So, uh-huh. so uh, you know, my escrow doesn't even, I don't even think, know this, but we were going to shut it down. We're like, hey, man, you know, I, I can't get a producer. And Scotty Nelson was like, hey, man, I got people saying, hey, you know, we, we got to use this as a vehicle to get our stuff out there. He goes, why don't you learn how to do it on your own and all that? So I'm still getting that. How my astro did it, I don't know. But I'm still getting acclimated <laughs> and trying to get, you know, trying to get the timing right and stuff like that. So it, it is, you know, it, it's nice to have somebody that you can count on to do that. But anyways, getting back to what we were talking about with Tucker Dale Maestro uh, for about the days of the tap out locals and then the sinister locals and all that stuff. So uh, one integral part, I've been trying to get him on for a while. And here's the, here's what sucks. I had Joker scheduled mm-hmm. for, for last week. And as you know, the server went down and I couldn't mm-hmm. get him on. And I was like, God mm-hmm. dang it, because it's so hard to get this guy. Now, you know, mm-hmm. Charles, punk ass, scrape, really cool. But to me, it seems like Joker was the main man that got us to where we are today. Because for real quick, I'll, I'll make this quick. Maestro and I have been wrestling forever, been everywhere, up and down California, uh, wrestling all over the place or whatever. And then when we got in our 30s, Maestro said, hey, man, you know, we're getting a little bit older. I'm going to start taking some some classes for broadcasting down to do a radio So I'm like, hell yeah, man. So at first it was just going to be all luchas. But then with Demo mm-hmm. and Thomas Kinney working at King of the Cage, you know, we started getting them on so we could promote them. And Thomas Kinney says, hey, I want to bring Joker, you know, from, from uh, he's going to got, got a fight coming. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So it's okay. We've got Joker booked or whatever. It was a little, little studio on Sunset and Hobart. And it, it was pretty cool, though, because we, we had a pretty cool studio. But to get people to drive all the way out to Hollywood, you know, it was cool. So Joker's on his way. And they remember they used to ring a little doorbell or something. And you go, hey, go, go, go let him in or whatever. So I uh-huh, looked down there. Uh-huh. And the whole tap out crew's there. Charles, yeah. uh, uh, Punk Ass, Scra- and, and I go, hey, bro. I go, I think the whole tap out crew's there. Nah, they're not. And he looks down the stand. He goes, Fuck the whole tap out crew's here. <laughs> so they came in and we had them on. And this is when they still were working out of the van and they were trying to get their stuff, you know, t- together and stuff, you know, just really. You want to talk about the roots? They, this was the roots, man, where they came. And we had the show and everything. And after mm-hmm. the show was over, Charles comes up and goes, Hey, man, he goes, uh, I think you guys got something here. And we're like, oh, mm-hmm. he goes, no, nah, man, seriously. He goes, we came and we're like, the fuck, you know, what do these guys know about it? And, uh, and he goes, and by the time we were done, he goes, it's like the, the best time we ever had. Why don't you come work with us? And we're like, <laughs> let me think about it. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. And then it was just ever, you know, it, and it took off from there. But it was Joker who brought them. And then he, he was, mm-hmm. it was funny because he was scheduled to come back on and he didn't show up. Or he he he, mm-hmm. he couldn't make it, so he sent those guys that made that Japanese jewelry. You remember? So so we had a studio with about maybe eight people, and it was this guy uh-huh. who who made jewelry, but he had a, a Japanese like film crew with them that was about four people deep. And here's the funny part: the interpreter was from Scotland, <laughs> so he had yes. a Scottish accent but spoke fluent Japanese, and it was the best show we ever had. I mean, would you agree? I mean, we—that was one of the best times we ever had, you know. You know, my friend, when we had that little studio out in Hollywood, uh, a lot of people are not gonna, probably not gonna, not, not gonna know, but we had a lot of up-and-coming fighters. You guys, you know, who we, who do we have in there? Frank Trigg. Yeah, Frank Trigg. We had the Gracie brothers. We had Eddie Bravo. 
you know, at the yep. time. We, of course, like you said, De La Otto, Maskeni, yeah. you know, we had the Tapa crew. Cool. You know, yeah. we, even, we, we, even, we even had Samoa Joe. Yep. You know, he's superstar in the WWE now, but a lot of people don't know that that's where the roots came from, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it was it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because we are we are interviewing the guy with the jewelry, and he tells me, "Oh, this is my interpreter," and we're we're talking to him, and he's got a thick Scottish accent, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Cabron, you know Japanese?" We when he said that my Japanese uh, 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 translator, we're looking at all the Japanese, and it's a Scottish guy. Yeah, and then he said yeah. something to him, and the pitchy Scottish guy looks at the Japanese and says, you know, oh, no, he, he said this and that. Hijo de la chingada. It was the funniest thing for me, my friend. I, mean, hijo, I go, you speak better Japanese and I speak English, cabrón. Yeah, and he had, we ended up, like, doing almost a show on him because we were so infatuated mm-hmm. with this guy. Oh, yeah, I met this this girl in Japan, so I ended up living out there, so I speak fluent, so I even became a general. <laughs> and all these Japanese guys are sitting on the floor because we didn't have no room for them. And just laughing wow. at, at, at stupid jokes. It was so funny. But then we, we, we get out, and Joker's sitting out in the car. And we're like, what happened? He goes, ah, he goes, ah, I, I, I Joker, to the people listening to me with El Maestro on the line, legit crazy. I mean, he is just legit crazy. I mean, he would just do things or whatever. Um, but it, it's funny because uh, I had a, I did a live broadcast from On the Mat in uh, Huntington Beach. And Maestro was already uh, – he got promoted, so he was working. So I was trying to do stuff on my own, fucking it up. But anyways, um, so he, Joker lived out that way, so he, he swung by. He rode his bike or whatever. And this uh-huh, is after uh-huh. – this is after he had pulled a gun and was, you know, trying to commit suicide and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, trying to be cool. I'm like, hey, man, I don't, if you don't want to talk about it, he's not giving a shit. And he's like, and he's laughing. He's going, yeah, they had me on a 72-hour hold and I was naked. So they put this vest on me and <laughs> like it was nothing, dude. You know, he just, he just is legit crazy. But that guy, I love that guy to death, man. I, I, I tell him to this day, I said, if it wasn't for you, my astro and I would have never you know, got to do what we got to do, especially with Tapa. We never would have met Charles and all that. I go, you, you're the one who he goes, hey, man, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you guys. And that's true. I mean, regardless of whatever mm-hmm. Joker is, it, it's true, man. That dude, if he, if you're his friend, you're his friend for life, and that dude will, will do anything for you. And we were – it's funny because we went to go do uh, uh, Alan Goes. We went to go do a, a uh-huh. show over there. And something happened, and I think it shut down or something. And we were coming back, and we saw yes. Joker's uh, Academy from the freeway. So we ended up stopping. And the same thing, you you went live on, on Ustream or something like that, and we ended up having uh-huh. – dude, we got to find those archives because there's so many good just – and that's when we had the best shows <laughs> when it was off the wall, you know, like last minute or whatever. Would you agree? You know, my friend, it's funny that you said that because I remember uh, when we went to go interview Clever, Clever Luciano. Yes. And he wanted us to give him uh, questions. Oh, I need you guys to bring me the questions because I need to know why you're going to answer me because yeah. I need to be, be, be ready for the questions <laughs> and the answers. And, and we're like, my friend, we don't know what we are going to ask you. You just be ready to go. Yeah. And he want, he didn't want nothing to do with that. He wanted no part of it. But once he started getting the ball rolling, my friend, he could not stay quiet. 
<laughs> he said he she wanted to take us to Brazil, but not to train jiu-jitsu, my friend. He wanted yeah. to take us for the women. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he it ended was up the taking best. us up to, to eat after that, and and we ended uh-huh. up, you know, getting. Maestro always said this. He said, "Hey, man, you know, for whatever it is, people have guests on, but we have relationships with these fighters. You know, they they they, they, would, they would call, hey, man, come down just to go eat or or whatever. We would always, mm-hmm. you know, have have a good relationship and stuff with them. So, you know, time moved on or whatever." Um, it's it's funny because we started doing Long Beach Fight Night, and we had I, mm-hmm. I believe we we had moved over to I think we had already moved over to Sinister or whatever I can't remember we started doing live live shows for them and then we you know that's that's the thing you know Ed Soros was like hey you know when everything first of all people couldn't believe that we quit tap out but you know it was Glad amicable on. we we went to Punk Ass we said hey look man this is what's going on or whatever. We appreciate everything that you that you've done for us, man. It's, we, we can never thank you enough, but we're gonna move on. We're gonna do it. And mm-hmm. people are like, what the fuck, you know, whatever. So, Ed Soros, <laughs> this, this this just goes to show you how good how good the the jujitsu community, MMA community is. Ed Soros called me and said, hey man, you know I understand that you guys left. Why don't you come over here? You know, come come over here. We'll take care mm-hmm. of you, and you can be sinister locals or whatever. And we're like, fuck off. I called my esther. I go, hey, Ed Soros wants to know if you want to go. To, and my esther's like, yeah, man. Let's do it. So the only bad part is is that the three X gear was all the way at the back, and but Ed, hey, did he go back there like a like a commando and find us some shit that day or what? You know what, Ed, Ed, my mi amigo Ed, mi, mi hermano, uh, we we created a bond with Ed and Gio and all those guys over at Black House, you know, and we we got to be good friends with with uh, Anderson Silva and. Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo and Machira and all those guys, yes. And you know the funniest thing is, is he still had Sinister brand gear. This was before yeah. he sold it to K Mark. We had Sinister brand gear, and it was funny because he looked at you and he goes, "Oh, what size? Oh, I'm a two X. So I got it all right here." And he looked at me and goes, "What are you a five six X?" I go, "I go, no, my friend, I am a three X." He goes, he's, "He's like, you know what? All my three X is all the way in the back." Because then he looks at me and goes, "Wait a minute, I'll be right back." He went to the back and he got me chocolate Dell shirts and Anderson yeah, you Silva. Could, you could hear boxes falling. You could hear shit thrown. You could just hear stuff. <laughs> all over. But the funniest part was, <clears throat> they we were there. We were gonna do some stuff or whatever. Well, first of all, the funniest part was Jose Aldo and Anderson Silva are carrying on a full conversation with my Maestro's talking to them in Spanish. They're talking in Portuguese, and you would think that they knew each other from years ago. <laughs> or whatever. So Gijo comes in, George Guimarães, who also known as George uh-huh. Brazil, and he comes in and he says, "Hey man, there's a rumor going around that I died." Or and we're like, "What?" Oh, goes, yeah, it was in the papers or, or the news or something that yeah. he got killed. And my astro and I were right in the middle of that, you know. See, yes, we were and, we were in the whole kibosh of it when uh, he brought this to my he brought this to our to our attention. We were there with the. Uh, Ed Suarez, we were talking. We were, honestly, I just think we went there just to see, just to say hi. We were yeah, there we talking. Were and, yeah, we were just hanging out, you know, and I think the uh, Machiras had came in. We are talking, we are hanging out, and, and I think Ed Suarez was looking into buying the new uh, the new iPhone, you know. Yeah. And then Gijo comes in, because Gijo comes in, oh, my God, you guys are not going to believe this. And we all, everybody, everybody's conversation, they stop it like that, like very quickly. 
Yeah. And we're like, what happened? Hey, my friend, they're saying in Brazil that, that I was killed, that I was murdered, that I died. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And he showed us the video. He yeah. showed us the video, the, the actual the news video. report. Yeah. Monday? Yeah, and Torres yeah. immediately jumped on the phone and was like, what the hell is oh. going on? Or whatever. Yeah, he called, we he was calling it. people in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, for a minute, it was kind of scary <laughs> or whatever, but it just, you know, people just in, in the loop, you know, at that time or whatever. So mm-hmm. then this is, this is the type of man that Ed Sorres is. He called, when he called me and said, hey, can, can you call my ex when you guys meet me down at the office or whatever? And I'm like, oh, shit, what do we do? First thing we thought, what do we do? So we get down there and, and he's like, like a man, like a business. This is why Ed Sorres is so successful. He says, hey, look, man. I just want to let you know that the same uh, group that bought out Tap Out is, wants to buy me out, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. He said, so I just want to uh-huh. let you guys know because I'm hanging or whatever. And we're like, hey, you know, I'm, hey, you know, thanks for telling us or whatever. So, you know, we, it, totally cool. Uh, everything was cool or whatever. And and two days later, not even – I don't even think it was two days. Like the next day or the day after, I get a call from Scotty mm-hmm. Nelson. Hey, man. What happened with that? I said, oh, he's so, so uh, authentic brands. Could be, hey, well, why don't you come over here, dude? Come over. We'll take care of you. And I'm like, yes. huh, all right. So we, we there was no hardly any time at all where we weren't working and doing the show. And it just went from one to the other. And and it's because me personally, I've been with tap with uh, on the map for seven years. My Esther was with them for at least like four or whatever before he, mm-hmm. he started doing his thing or whatever. So the point I'm trying to make is, the, the jiu-jitsu community, MMA, jiu-jitsu community, there's a lot of people that are, what's the word I'm looking for, Maestro? Fake or phony or whatever. Claro. And there's a, claro. Luckily for us, everybody that we met or whatever was cool, was true. I mean, from from Tap Out to Ed Sorres to Scotty Nelson from On The Mat, I mean, it just it, it's just been cool. Uh, personally, I've been trying to keep it going, and I, I kind of shut down. Uh-huh. When I lost the last producer, but then the, the, it was the jujitsu community that said they called Scotty and said, "Hey, well, what's going to happen?" And he goes, "I don't know. I think we're not going to do it anymore." Well, well, let's do this, and you know, then that's when he called me and said, "Well, just try to learn the shit and do it yourself." And I'm like, <laughs> oh. "So I never knew how how what an integral part of the of the tap out locals or whatever maestro was." Uh, until I had to start doing it on my own, because you have to you have to book the people, you have to run the board, you have to make the calls, you have to you know put the music in, and you have to do all that stuff or whatever. So that's why I wanted to call Maestro and, and, and bring him on so we could talk about that. That's why you know I left some extra time at the end so that we could get him on and talk about that. So the the, the whole reason in Maestro, this is the whole reason why I called you and we talked and stuff like that. <clears throat> Since this coronavirus thing has kept everybody home, I've been on the phone till uh-huh. midnight with everybody. So I talked to Joey uh-huh. and we talked uh-huh. and we're talking about because you know one of his boys made it to WWE, and you know we talked and and he said, "Look, man, this is what we need to do. When all this shit is over, Maestro, myself, Supreme, uh, White Trash, Johnny Webb, all these guys, let's do a show, and I want to do one big." show and and the big match and everything and then if you guys break your legs or whatever you're done you're done and i said hey man i'm not that bad and he goes well i know yeah i'm just saying you know or whatever he said but i i want <laughs> i want and and you know of course lester's down he's like hell yeah uh-huh little do people know and i've talked about this 
quite a few times. When we had that, I'm telling you, man, that little studio that we had on Sunset and Hobart had more M&F and people that you could even imagine. We had Ultimate Fighters on there. We had, you know, top wrestlers. Uh, Hanner and Halleck Gracie came down, liked it so much, Halleck came back by himself, you know, to whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but when we had the the Supreme Chaos and White Trash Johnny Webb. That was the first time that the people called in and said, can we do another hour? And that shit impressed me more than anything in the business because when people can call in and say, hey, can you do another hour? You know that you got somebody. And and <laughs> Lester Supreme, is that was the first time I said, this dude is the real deal because I said, hey, man, the people are calling, they want to do another hour. And he's like, yeah, is there a liquor store around here? But like, yeah, there's one across the street. That dude for breakfast brought a flask of, of, of Jack Daniels and a can of Copenhagen. Finished it in that hour. Yes. And when they said, "Can you do another hour?" Went across the street, got another, got, filled his flask and another can of Copenhagen, and did another hour. You know? Yes, claro que sí, my friend. You know, I I, I remember the first the first time I met the guys. Uh, uh, they was uh, they were remember my friend. They were the King Supreme and and uh, a Kid Chaos. Yes. You know, and I remember meeting them. At this at this little fair in East Los Angeles, you know, we were doing a benefit show for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's the first <laughs> time I met those guys. The first time I ever wrestled those guys, you know. Yeah. And then I bumped into them again uh, when we were doing the shows over in in uh, in, in the little park. I want to say over in Curje, you know, oh, yeah. for for A A I W S something. Like, I can't remember the name. Yeah, say, yeah. Say, I I bumped into those guys there again, and let me tell you something. For the longest time, I didn't know who these guys were. I mean, the, the the biggest rivalry was Tech Nine and Grace One. You know, yes. two pinchy locals over there. You know, we we ended up taking. I, I think it was Tech Nine. We oh. took them to San Francisco. We can we can, we can do easily <laughs> another hour just on talking about going to San Francisco. For incredibly strange. Real quick, sorry, Maestro, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I'm running up against the clock here. And as you know, we're making claro, claro. But <laughs> that's the thing. It, it, uh, me, uh, you, Chaos Supreme, Frankie D, uh, Roadhouse, um, I can't remember who we talked about. So many people. We want to do just, uh, what, what would we call it? Viejitos Triple uh, X or something like that? <laughs> or whatever. Just one more. Uh, Biggie Biggs. I, we, a whole bunch of people we threw out there and all that to do uh, to do a uh-huh. big show. Uh, Vandal Drummond. Um, I can't remember. Híjole. So, so you, you know, I see Antonio all the time from from all nations, uh-huh. and he he's always uh-huh. saying that you know you guys should do a big show, man, and, and I'll promote it and all that. So it's there. So the question I have to you before we go up here is: Are you down for something like that? You know, my friend, I am willing to do something <laughs> like that for for one last time. You yeah, know my my ex, my extreme wrestling days were over a long time ago. You know, I, luckily through the grace of God, I'm still able to go to Mexicali and go train out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. luckily I'm able to train here. You know, we're we're able. I was just a couple of months back before all this all this quarantine happened. Uh, I was training with Fletcher Fugues out there in San Bernardino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we came over here. We trained with him. Uh, I don't like to throw stones. I don't like to talk mess about anybody. But uh, a while back, we went all the way to Oxnard to go train with a company out there, which names I'm not going to say. 
And let me uh-huh. tell you, that is the worst training I have ever been in. <laughs> the worst. The, my friend, when I tell you the, let me tell you something. It was the, it was back in the day with with Gilles Garage, was yeah. barely starting with Fascon de Oro and all those guys. It was yeah. the worst, my friend. This, this, I, I don't, I don't want to even say any names because I don't want to give anybody credibility. Okay, <laughs> I would tell you off the air. I would literally, I would tell you off the air. But I'm not going to say it in, on the air right now because eh, it's nothing in there. But, you know, yeah. training with all those guys, you know. Honestly, I yeah. was trying to get back on the shape. I was trying to get back on the ball. You know, I want to get back in the ring, unfortunately, because all the squaresma, all the squarentesna, all the squaresma, whatever yeah. they want to call it, and, and coronavirus, eh, it, it's going to take a little bit longer now for me to get back in the ring. You know, but yeah. well, so your question, just, my friend, I am always down. Well, just you know, since we're since you're home, just heal up. You know, get yourself together. I'll bring a you know you know I work in the medical field, so I'll bring a lot of tape. We'll tape you up, and and, and we'll, be, mm-hmm. we'll be good to go. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a call next week. We're gonna find out your schedule. Uh-huh. We'll bring you back on. We'll get everybody on, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about San Francisco, incredibly strange. We'll talk about uh, Halloween and then wanting to see Bronx Bombers Verga in the in the in the locker rooms of the squad. We'll, we'll talk about all people grabbing people's fierros and stuff like that. So definitely, no, let's not do that, cabrón. <laughs> so um, I'll keep everybody posted. We'll get you back on. We'll talk about all that, and we're gonna set that up. Just one wow. more big hurrah, man, so we can all get out there and, and do our thing. For sure. So for the people listeners, make sure you check us out. Uh, and my answer, I will keep in touch. I'll give you a call next week. We'll set something up and, you know, take this time to heal. I appreciate you coming on, man. And, and I have never appreciated you more than I do now because, you know, running, try, just trying to run the board and get everything done is huge. So so uh, I'll give you a call next week for sure, my friend. You you, you good with that? Claro. Claro, right. claro. For the, my friend. You call me. Absolutamente. For the people listeners, you're here, you're on the Matt Radio. We'll talk to everybody next Thursday. Make sure you're with us. My answer, I'll get with you. We'll get you back on. We'll do like two hours for sure. So for the people listeners, claro. don't claro. forget El Maestro, Fabi Chulo, reunited in the ring as well as on the radio. We'll talk to everybody next week. Maestro, I'll talk to you soon. Claro, my friend.